Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. This is Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person with a quick welcome to folks who have discovered the podcast recently. I'm so glad to have you here. This week on the podcast is all about creating new habits. You know, finally starting to meditate or exercise more or whatever's on your list. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Suzanne Steinbaum, a New York City cardiologist for the past 20 years and author of Dr. Suzanne Steinbaum's Heart Book, Every Woman's Guide to a Heart Healthy Life. Suzanne has been on Good Morning America, The Today Show, and Dr. Oz, and I'm interviewing her now because she is always helping her patients prioritize their own health by building new habits and breaking old ones. After all, there's nothing like having your health being at stake to motivate you to make some changes. Although I think we'd all prefer to build the healthy habits before we get a scary diagnosis. So let's find out what those two decades of practice have taught Suzanne about what works when it comes to making positive change. Suzanne, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me. So you are in the business of helping women take better care of themselves in general and their hearts in particular. And a lot of that care requires the giving up of old habits and the building of new ones. But before we dive into those specifics, can you give us some context on why you're so passionate about women's heart health? I have to tell you a quick story. It started 20 years ago. I was in my training and I was in the emergency room. And a woman was wheeled in. She was about 53 years old. She had nausea, vomiting. She was clearly uncomfortable lying on the stretcher. And she was put in the corner with the diagnosis of gastroenteritis or inflammation of the stomach. She proceeded to have a heart attack in the emergency room under the care of the doctors that I was learning from, my teachers, my professors, and these physicians that I admired so much. Oprah talks about that aha moment. Well, that was definitely my aha moment Mm -hmm. when I looked around and I thought to myself, women are dying of heart disease is everyone seeing what I'm seeing? And the answer was no, because 20 years ago, there was no such thing as women in heart disease. We didn't know that. The research prior was not done on women, and we never thought of heart disease as a woman's disease. One in three women will die of heart disease. And at that time, I decided this has to change, and that has become my life's purpose and mission. Mm. Yeah. Isn't heart disease the number one killer of women? It is the number one killer of women, more than all cancers combined. Well, I would, as a woman (laughs) and as a lover of women, I would just like to thank you for that. That's 
super important. It's so important for all women to understand this message and the importance of one thing, which is 80% of the time, heart disease is preventable. And it's based on lifestyle choices. So it's based on exactly what you're talking about, changing habits, becoming healthier. 80% of the time, there is something we can do about it. Yeah, that's really good news. So let's dive into that. How do you go about advising your patients to get started on doing the things that are going to help not just improve their heart health, but also make them feel better than ever? I always use the phrase that we have to live from the heart. And what that means is the more that you become very aware of what makes you feel good, the more you understand what foods energize you, how you move, and how it physically makes you feel, the better you can understand what you need to live the healthiest life you can. So this concept of live from the heart is not just about diet and exercise, but it's about sleeping. It's about things that make you happy, things that upset you. I always say, if you don't look at your whole life and take a real ruthless analysis of those things that are on the pro side, that really support your health versus the con side, things that do not support your health, you don't really have an understanding of how to move forward and how to make those changes. So I like that word that you use, ruthless, because ruthless to me is necessary, right? And you're talking about raising awareness, which is something that I talk about a lot in a lot of different contexts. At the same time, it's simple, right? Raising awareness is simple, but it's not easy. If the things that you were talking about were easy, we would all be visions of health. But like, you know, chronic disease is only getting more prevalent. Heart disease is killing one out of every three women. What kinds of things do you think are getting in the way of us adopting healthy habits? This could be on a societal level or an individual level or both. Well, on a societal level, I think as women specifically, we are the uber jugglers of everything. There's the checklist upon the checklist upon the checklist for everything we need to do every day, whether that's work and family, which is the most common, but it's also taking care of the house, taking care of sort of everyone but ourselves. That is the most common issue. And women tend to put themselves last on that list, which has a greater impact. But the other part of it is on the individual level. We always tell ourselves stories, and those stories don't often suit us. For example, the woman that said, at night, I have so much housework and laundry to do, and I do laundry at night, and that's when I snack. And it's important. I have no other time in the day. Well, I said, let's, let's take a look at that snacking. And I said, write down everything you eat. Well, after 9 o'clock, she ate something like 1,500 calories. And I was joking around with her and I said, here's my prescription for you. Go to bed earlier. <laughs> and it was really quite funny. Three months later, she came in and she lost 15 pounds. And it wasn't about this amazing diet she went on. It was about becoming ruthlessly aware of habits that did not suit her and making small changes to actually change those habits and understanding that story she told herself, which was, if I don't stay up all night and do the laundry and eat, my family is not going to be taken care of. When she put that to the side and told herself the true story, 
which is I have to just go to bed and take care of myself and figure out another time to do the laundry. All of a sudden, everything changed. I love that. There's such a great story and a great example of how raising your awareness sometimes is like the hardest part. (laughs) You know, I'm sure she probably had some struggles getting in bed earlier on some particular nights because she really felt like she had to get something done. But for the most part, like you said, instead of going on this massive diet, she just had to go to she just had to get more sleep. (laughs) And um, I read I heard a quote recently that I loved that is the easy way is hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so I, I mean, I do love that example of how if you have the awareness, maybe you can just, maybe it's something very, very simple. And it might be so simple that you wouldn't necessarily think about it. I, I titled my book, The Heart Book. And, and the reason the book was named that is because I believe that all of us need to write our own heart books. And that heart book, your own personal heart book is really, again, that ruthless analysis, you become a third-party journalist of your own life. You become objective about what you do and how you do it and when you do it and how it makes you feel. And when you take your emotion out of it and start writing these things down and you can start seeing patterns of your behavior, you are more likely then to understand where you need to intervene. You know, the, the person that every night has a bowl of ice cream and thinks they're not eating any sugar doesn't realize what they're doing until they become aware. But once you start telling yourself the truth, you can never go back and lie to yourself again. And it's so interesting because that is one of the greatest impacts on behavioral change. Well, that ties into my next question, which is, you know, you're saying that once you realize the truth, you can never go back. But there is a phenomenon that I have noticed and I've experienced in my own life is sometimes we make a change and things are going so well that we start to think we don't need to do the things that created that change in the first place anymore. It's kind of like, oh, I'm so healthy now. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) You know, go back to eating the ice cream or what have you. Do you have any insights on that or guidance? Absolutely. You never stop being your own journalist. So what happens is when you go back to eating that ice cream, then you tend to say in the morning, you know, it's not going to really matter if I have the muffin instead of the oatmeal. And all of a sudden, these bad behaviors start sneaking back in until at some point you start feeling badly again. And that's when this cycle develops. I think it becomes important to never stop evaluating. And, And this comes down to a very interesting word, which is mindful. The more mindful we are of our choices, the more we are connected to ourselves physically, the less chance there is to actually go back to those behaviors that do not suit us. But it means paying attention. I always say when people gain a lot of weight or become unhealthy, it's because they become disconnected from their bodies. It's very hard to gain a lot of weight and not feel the the real impact of that excess weight on your physicality. You become short of breath. You become more fatigued unless you become disconnected. So what I tell everyone is to constantly check in with yourself. And sometimes the best way to do that is through exercise, because when we exercise, we have to be connected to how we feel. So exercise becomes part of it, but journaling becomes part of it. 
writing down what we eat becomes part of it. Taking our weight every day or once a week becomes part of it. The more we become an objective journalist and the more we check in with ourselves, the less disconnected we are, the better chance we have to sustain these habits. Do you think, how do we take these habits and really make them second nature? So that everybody's going to go through something in their lives, whether a loved one gets sick or a pandemic hits and all of a sudden you're schooling your children at home. Something's going to come and kind of throw off your habits, right? And how do you advise people in that time to keep it going, even when they might not necessarily be able to do it at the level that they know they're capable of or have done in the past? Well, I think two different things happen. There are the people who go to bad habits when they're stressed. So there's like stress eating. And then there are times when things are incredibly stressful and all of a sudden you're homeschooling kids and you can't have that daily exercise routine in the same way just simply because of time. In the big picture, I think stress management becomes so important and incorporating in our lives a daily way to manage stress, whether that be meditation, yoga, a breathing activity, or even exercise, but something every day that allows us to decrease the sympathetic nervous system or the fight or flight hormones that can really set us into a tailspin. And once we have that, our ability to be more mindful and less reactive exists, and we are able to make better choices and not stress eat. But then when it comes down to the time when we don't have the opportunity to exercise because of what's happening. What I always say to everyone is that every day you have another opportunity to make a new choice and have another day and not to become self-destructive because Monday didn't work out because you know what? You got Tuesday. And if Tuesday doesn't work out, you have Wednesday. When there's a slight glitch in the program, everything doesn't have to fall apart. But it becomes important again to maintain some level of stress management in order to stay focused and really to stay grounded in those choices. Great. So for listeners who'd like to hear more from you, how do they find you? You can find me on my website, drsuzannesteinbaum.com. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I, I got a lot out of this. Thank you so much, Kate. So here I am with your tiny assignment. I loved how Suzanne talked about how she would have her patients do a ruthless sort of accounting of the habits that they had, the things that they did on a daily basis, and decide if they were either a pro or a con in terms of their health. That's your tiny assignment, is to sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil and write down the things that you do on a regular basis or a somewhat regular basis that you know are good for you, that help you feel your best, that are good for your health, that reduce your stress, that help you be a better person. And then be honest, be brave, and write down the things that you do on a regular basis that you know aren't so great. This is just in the service of raising your awareness of what's going on and maybe helping you figure out what new habit you want to create, as well as what old habits you want to get away from. 
When you can see things clearly, like Suzanne said, sometimes the simplest, most elegant solution makes itself available to you. Like the woman who was staying up too late and eating snacks while well, she just had to go to bed earlier. <laughs> and then she got more sleep and her diet radically improved. All right. That's it from me today. Come back tomorrow when I am sharing the special sauce for making a new habit stick. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 